and for those of you that have not seen me before, um, so um, this is one of our communities, of three communities in Manchester, and Richard and I, my husband and I, we lead King's Church, what you guys are doing, because we're, and we are passionate. See you as much as we'd like, um, because um, our focus is like leading the central, we lead the central community there as well, so um, so we're pastoring there, and um, but we love it when we come here. So Richard's trying to work out when he's going to be next coming. So we do talk about it often. But yeah, it's good to be with you. I hope you're enjoying going through John, John's Gospel. It's good, isn't it? Doing something like that together. It's like um, and being able to read through the passages together and know that we're all on the same page. Um, there's something about bringing us together when we, we know that, that we're all doing the same thing. And, um, and really through John's Gospel, we are reading through John's Gospel with, with the lenses of discipleship and mission. So, um, so it's good for us to be doing that because this is who we are. We're those that are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We're those to called to disciple others and we're all called to mission as well so um so it's good to look for that lens i'm going to read i'm going to start by reading the passage in john 6 or at john 6 and i'm going to start reading verses 25 to 40 so hopefully i can read this well for you but if you've got your Bibles, and you can turn to chapter 6, verse 25. I did have a PowerPoint, so my apologies, it's not working, but that's okay. I'll just, I'll be fine without it. Okay, from verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, where did you, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for the food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, so they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. 
for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. So this passage is about Jesus being the bread of life, the bread, the bread that came from heaven. Jesus, the bread that came from heaven. And it mentions in there about the, the guys who, the people who were like looking for Jesus and they were wanting something from Jesus and they wanted Jesus to prove to them who is Jesus. Prove to us who you are. Prove to us so that we will believe. You know, Jesus, and he, they give this example of like when... Um, there was manna that came down from heaven that filled the, the Israelites, that the Israelites were able to get this manna from heaven. And the people were saying, we want a sign like this. And Jesus is saying, but I am the sign. I am the bread that came from heaven. See, the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness and they were receiving the manna from heaven, and, they, and God was giving them this manna because it was to help them and sustain them while they were going through the wilderness. Because God had promised to them that they would go to the promised land. There was a land promised to them filled with milk and honey that was going to bless them and prosper them. And we see that... Um, in the way that the Israelites just kept rebelling against God, that they didn't believe God. Even though God, throughout their time of walking through the wilderness, their clothes never wore out, their shoes never wore out, God rescued them from the Egyptians. He opened up the sea so that they could walk through it to the other side. God completely rescued the Israelites and even sent them food from heaven. And so when they got to the land that they were supposed to claim for themselves, it shows how much they didn't believe God because they saw this land filled with giants. And we were like grasshoppers in their eyes as far as they're concerned. And so even though they were rescued and, and had all this provision from God, they didn't actually believe God. They didn't trust God. The bread that we have that it talks about in this passage is, is better than the manna. It is so better, so much more better. And, um, you know, we, when we eat this bread that Jesus is talking about, this bread is supposed to help us to know that actually we don't need to be in the wilderness. This bread is to bring us life. It takes us out of the wilderness, gives us life in all its fullness, that we enter into the promises of God when we eat this bread of life. And so this is this amazing passage of God's promise, God's promise of eternal life, God's promise of provision. Jesus says that when we come to him and believe in him, we will never be hungry or thirsty again. You know, our hearts and our souls are longing for so much more than we see and feel in the physical. We can so often get distracted by the things around us, thinking this is what we need, this is what we need. If only we have this in our lives, our lives would be so much better. 
but our hearts and our souls are longing for something else because God has made us into spiritual beings. So our longings and our desires are of a spiritual nature. And it's only Jesus that can satisfy that. It's only coming to Jesus that that hunger and that thirst will be satisfied. He fulfills that longing in us. In John 6, um, verse 53 to 57, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Jesus is calling us to feed on him. And it's only by feeding on on him that we will get to know him. It's only by feeding on him that we will know him living in us and us in him. And so there's something really powerful about this passage. And yet it's so difficult to understand feeding on Jesus, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. It kind of like, what is this on about? It's like crazy isn't it and so Jesus is like saying but it's so much more so much more it is real food it is real drink that when you come to me you will be satisfied John 7 verse 38 I know it's John 7 and not John 6 but I have to say this verse this is brilliant I don't know who's preaching on this next week but I hope they mention this it says this whoever believes in me as scripture has said rivers of living water will flow from within them you know when we feed on Jesus when we believe in him, when we accept him into our hearts and lives and, and we allow him to, to be in us and amongst us, then it's like, it's like living water flowing from within us. This is the spirit of God. When we feast on Jesus, we have the spirit of God that flows from within us. The Israelites were meant to be a people who carried the presence of God, but they did not believe. They did not enter the promised land when they were supposed to enter it because of their lack of belief. And we have a better promise because when we believe, we have the living God living inside of us, like a living well flowing from within us, empowering us daily in our lives to, to be those that are full of love and grace. Jesus is our daily bread that gives us life that we were meant to have. So how do we come to rely on Jesus. How do we do that? This passage is all about feeding on him, knowing him, believing on him. And, and so I, I've picked out three points from John chapter 6 that I believe will help us to know what it is to come and rely on Jesus. And the three points are look, eat, and believe. 
Now, I've, I've like looked at these three things, and I've looked at it throughout John 6, and I've picked out some things, but I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, you know, each of us are on different journeys in our life. We've all got different circumstances that, that we're all in. And I want to encourage you that in your time of devotion, maybe you think about what does it mean for you as an individual to look to Jesus, to eat Jesus, and to believe Jesus. What does that look like for you? Because I think it looks different for each of us because of, of who we are and, and where we're at, the, the circumstances that we've, we've gone through, the journeys that we've gone through. I think it looks different for each of us. So I'm going to start by looking to Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus. Earlier in this passage, in John 6, it gives us the story of when Jesus walks on water. Jesus has gone up to the mountains, mountain to pray, and the disciples are, are going across the lake on the boat, and they're struggling because the wind and the waves are, are going against them. And when we look in Mark, where Mark 6, where it tells us this story again, it says that Jesus, in the mountains, while he's praying, he, is a, he sees the disciples struggling because the wind is against them. Which I found really interesting that Jesus, being with the Father, he sees the disciples struggling. He can see that the wind is against them. He never takes his eyes off the disciples. He sees them. I wonder if the disciples had taken their eyes off Jesus. I wonder if they um, were no longer thinking about Jesus. They just were like, concerned about the fact that they were in this boat. They had to get across to the side. It was windy. It was stormy. It was difficult. And they were trying to get across. And I wonder, because it talks about when Jesus walks on the water and they, they see Jesus on the water, they don't recognize him. They think he's a ghost and they're afraid. They're like, who is this? And they think it's a ghost. And, and I was thinking, I wonder if they, if they kept their eyes on Jesus. They knew that Jesus could still see them. Jesus was still watching out for them. That when Jesus came across, I wonder if they would have actually recognized him because they were already looking to Jesus. And it wasn't like, you know, who is this? But they would have seen Jesus. And, and I was thinking about this, and thinking about, you know, this is what it's like for us sometimes when we're going through storms of life. We're going through difficulties. We, don't, we forget that Jesus is always looking at us. Jesus knows what we're going through, and, you know, he, he never leaves us. He's always with us. I like this passage when in John 6, verse 37 to 39, it says this. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, 
that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. What an amazing promise that he will never lose us. He will never turn any one of us away. And so that means if we're going through these storms of life and these struggles, he knows every little thing that we're going through. The thing about, you know, we were singing about it today, weren't we, about, um, you know, when I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed. I see things from your perspective. And I wonder if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that when we are going through the storms of life and we see Jesus walking on the water, you know, when Jesus was walking on the water, it was still stormy. The wind was still blowing. It wasn't until Jesus got into the boat that the storm stopped. But Jesus was walking on the water when it was stormy. And I wonder if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we see things from his perspective. That even though there is a storm, even though things are crazy around us, we can still walk above it all. We can do it from the perspective of Jesus, we can do it the way that he does it. And when we... You know, when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and we're aware of him, we, we so much more easily and readily invite him into the issues and problems of our lives. You know, um, what does it look like for you to fix your eyes on Jesus? What does it look like for you when you're going through some difficulty, stress, anxiety or problems? What does it look like for you to keep your focus on Jesus? What would it mean to you when you are in times of turbulence and difficulties to see him above it all saying, I am not going to lose you. I am not going to let you go. That I am, just look at me. I am walking above your problems and your issues and your circumstances and I am with you all the way through it. We can daily rely on God when we keep our eyes on him, when we focus on him, that we recognize him even in the midst of our troubles. My next point on how we daily come to rely on Jesus is eat Jesus. Now, if you went around saying this, everyone would probably think you've gone absolutely crazy, but there is something spiritual about eating Jesus. We eat the daily bread, eating the bread of life. It's kind of weird, but to think about eating is flesh. But and it and it was weird to a lot of the people in the story because when you read this story and Jesus was talking about eating my flesh and drinking my blood, a lot of the disciples deserted him. It was like too difficult to understand. It was like I don't get this. I don't believe this, and so they deserted Jesus and they they left him. The Lord's Prayer is a powerful prayer that, that we should pray often. We should remember this prayer. It's an amazing prayer. And, and in there it talks about how we can pray and ask God for our daily bread. It talks about this in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. And in the, it's this, this lesson that Jesus gives to his disciples, isn't it? Where Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And I find it really interesting, like, you know, if you are looking for a book on prayer, 
There are absolutely millions of books in this world on prayer. And yet Jesus gives these short passage of this is how you pray. And it's just a few verses. And, and of course we learn that Jesus does go off to be with the Father, to be alone and things like that. But it's really interesting how even in when we read Mark and Luke, Matthew and Luke, how even some of the words are different. So they record the prayer slightly different, which helps us to see that it's not the words that's that important. It's the essence that we can come to the Father and we can say to the Father, give us our daily bread. And he is interested about for our physical needs. He wants to give us our daily substance. But our daily bread is more than our physical need because Jesus said, come to me and you will never be hungry again. You know, manna from heaven was a miracle, but it didn't change the Israelites. It didn't change them. It didn't make them believe more in God or trust more in God. Jesus, the bread of life, is so much better than the manna because when we feed on Jesus, we are transformed from the inside. You know, when we read the Bible, when we, we go to church meetings where we're hearing the word and, and hearing and we're worshipping God and we're feasting on Jesus, something happens within us that transforms us, that changes us. And that's what's supposed to happen when we eat and when we feast on Jesus. Some Something supposed to happen. Jesus looked at the disciples in John 6, verse 5, and Tunji mentioned this in a time of worship where Jesus says to the disciples, you know, he, he looks at them and he says, Where am I going to get enough food um, to feed these people? And he said this to test the disciples because. Because to buy enough food for all the people, the 5,000 people plus that, that were there, it was going to cost more than a year's wages. Because physical food is not free, is it? Physical food is not free. And do you know what? Spiritual food is not free either. Because it costs Jesus his very life. He went to the cross he paid with his life so that we could have this spiritual food. So that as we feed on him, we will just know no more hunger, no more thirst, but that satisfaction of knowing him and being close to him. And what's beautiful about this story of feeding the 5,000 is, yes, they, they collected 12 basket loads of food that was left over. How amazing was that? That Jesus, he doesn't just give you what you need. He doesn't want you just to be full so that you, you can just be full and be satisfied. But he gives us so much more. And this is same in our spiritual life that he feeds us himself. Not just so that we no longer are hungry. Not so that no longer we are thirsty. But so we have something within us that flows from us. So that we can feed people around us. The transformation that goes on in our lives from feeding from him affects the people around us. It touches people around us. That people encounter God because we've encountered God and now they're with us. 
this is powerful, this is amazing, and this is why we need to feed on Jesus. And we continually do that. And we do that by reading our Bibles. We do that by trying to understand what does the Word of God say. And I know the Bible is difficult, and, and, it, and it's difficult because it's a different context and culture to what we live in, but to try and understand, but Lord God, what is it that you are saying to me through this? And we can help one another in that. We can help one another to understand what the word of God is saying to each of us. Feeding on Jesus means that Jesus is, is in every part of our life. Not just those bits of our lives that we don't mind him being a part of, but every part of our lives. And this is a challenge for us because there's probably things in our life that that we don't let God into because we're comfortable with it being like that and we want it to be like that. And I wonder if the disciples who deserted Jesus didn't like how it made them feel that, that to, you know, those things that Jesus was saying, it's like, I can't go with this. I can't believe this. And so they deserted Jesus. I wonder if that's like that for us sometimes, that when we, we, we see something in the word of God or we're challenged and we're provoked, do we get to a place where we think, do you know what, this is too difficult for me? The, um, um, you know, so, so we delay, daily rely on Jesus by coming to him, feasting on him, and he will always give us more than we need, give us so much more. So what do we need to do? We need to come to Jesus. We need to come to Jesus, and we need to come to Jesus. And we need to continue coming to Jesus, daily come to Jesus. And you will never be hungry or thirsty again. My next point is believe. Believe in Jesus. You know, the people um, that were following Jesus around, they just had their miracle, they... They um, had been fed, um, they were given their food, and, and Jesus had gone. And when the people realized that Jesus wasn't there, they, they went looking for him again. And they were like, Jesus, where are you? Cause they, and Jesus said to them, you're not looking for me because of, um, because of what I can truly offer you. You're looking for miracles. You're looking to get your fill. You know, sometimes we can have bad motivations of why are we looking for Jesus? What what is it we're looking for Jesus for? What is our motivation for looking for him? And these people were looking for him because they just wanted to see signs and miracles. They wanted to have more food. And Jesus was saying to them that, that what we must do is that um, we must do the works of God. And to do the works of God is to believe in the one that he has sent. That is the works of God not chasing after these things that spoil or fade or that don't last, but chasing after the things of God is by believing in the one that he is sent. When we believe in the one that is sent, we are doing the works of God. 
believing in Jesus was really tough for many of the followers. And, and when we look at verse 31, it says that they started to grumble about Jesus because they said, I know his father, Joseph. I know his mother and father. Perhaps they knew him when he was a child and he was growing up. And, and they were like, how can Jesus say that he's from heaven when we know his family, we know his background? And so they were grumbling about him. Jesus was teaching his hard truth about eating his flesh and drinking his blood and, and it was just too many for some of the followers so they deserted him. You know, sometimes we can be like these people who are looking for our next miracle, looking for our next free thing that brings us comfort, makes us feel nice. The problem with having the wrong motivation when is that when troubles or hardship comes or when some truth comes to us that means that we have to obey, which means we have to change, which means we have to do something about it. If we have the wrong motivations when we're looking to Jesus, that when those things come, we, we fall away and we say, well, it's too difficult. It's not what I want. It's not easy. It's hard. Believing in God is meant to satisfy us, give us eternal life, give us eternal hope, give us peace and joy. But he never promises us that we won't go through hardship. He never promises us that we won't go through difficulties. In fact, he commands us to obey his teachings. If doing the work of God is believing in the one that he has sent... And we, we can get our head around that. We can get her head around believing in the one that was sent. Probably more easily than those people there. Because when we read the Bible and we hear these truths, we see the miracles and we see all his signs and his wonders. And, and so for us, it's easy to believe in Jesus who is sent. But what about believing in the Christ that is in you and me? What about believing that the person sat next to you, that Christ is in them, that the hope of glory is in them? What does that look like, believing in the one that is sent? If we are sent the same way that Christ Jesus is sent into this world, then surely we should believe in one another. You know, sometimes it's really hard to do that because we, we do see the humanity in each one of us, don't we? We see our failings, we see the things where people have fallen, we see how they interact and we think, okay, we make judgments and we, you know, maybe we know their struggles, maybe we know their background, maybe we know their history and, and so to see Christ in them, it's difficult sometimes because we look at people through the lens of the experience that we have through them or what we know about them. And I wonder if that's what it was like when people were looking at Jesus. Now, if doing the works of God is believing in the one that is sent, then surely we should believe in one another, believe in Christ Jesus in one another. You know, when we look at each of us humanity, we do start grumbling about them, don't we? When we see their failings and their humanity, we start to grumble about them. And yet, Christ is in them. They're sent in the same way that Christ Jesus is sent in this world. 
I can go to somebody who I know is struggling in life and things are difficult and maybe making mistakes and and I can still see and I can provoke myself to see Christ in them when I say can you pray for me can you stand with me because it's the Christ in them that I'm believing in and I receive what Christ has put in them and not their humanity when Richard first became my husband became a, um, a church leader here in King's Church 20 years ago and at that time we were both encouraged to um, not let people see your weaknesses as a church leader don't let people see your weaknesses don't let people see that your struggles because how are they supposed to receive from you how are they supposed to receive your ministry if they can see that you're struggling or find finding things difficult and then it wasn't long after that that I got depression got postnatal depression from my, uh, my first child and I was encouraged don't let anyone see don't let anyone see that the truth is, no matter the anointing and the grace upon your life, no matter the, the, the plans and the purposes that God has put in you, that we all have the same struggles. We all have the same difficulties. We all have the same temptations. We can all get ill. We can all get into financial difficulties. Jesus takes us all out of the miry clay. He rescues all of us. We all have a history made up of mistakes. And probably some of us are still making some of those mistakes. We were all children at one time having tantrums, and maybe we still have tantrums. We were all teenagers have with attitudes and issues and problems and maybe we still struggle with some attitudes. But we're all working through things. And the point that I'm making is that we're all human. So how do we believe in the one that is sent when we all, each one of us, have this humanity? And, and so this is the issues that people had around Jesus. They saw his humanity and they struggled. And we can struggle with that with one another. This is a challenge for us. This is the person sat next to you is sent, just like you are sent into this world, like Jesus. You know, I'm a firm believer that, that God keeps us in deficit, that God gives us limitations, because I, I believe that, because I, want, I believe that God wants us to need each other that we are part of the body of Jesus Christ with different functions and different giftings and, and yet when we come together we are the body of Christ we need each other we're all different in some way so what do we need to do we need to believe in the one that is sent. We believe in Jesus. Let's believe his word. Let's be obedient to his word, even when it's really difficult, when it's really hard. Let's ask people around us, help me with this. I'm struggling with this. I, I want to believe this, because if I don't believe this, then my life won't be transformed. And if I don't believe this, then, then how can I say that, that, um, that my life is being fed on Jesus Christ? Let's believe in Christ Jesus in each one of us.
let's check our motivation of why we're searching God, why we're believing in God, choosing to believe in in, in Jesus, it's not just some easy, lovey-dovey stuff, but it's the hard stuff too. I've got um, some bread and juice here, some bread and wine, and you know, and this does signify to us um, what Jesus did on the cross, that Jesus' body was broken for us, that his body was broken for us to, to pay for the sins of this world, to, to set us free from this world, so that as we eat him and as we feast on him, as we believe in him, as we look to him, that we know that we won't ever be hungry or thirsty again because he satisfies our spiritual longing to be known and to know him. And then he poured out his blood that cleanses us sets us free, cleanses all the mistakes, all the problems, all the issues in our life. It's, it's like Jesus is saying to us, but I am washing you clean from all of that. I am setting you free from all of that. And so as we come to the table, I'm going to ask us all as individuals to come to the table as an individual today. And I know we're a community of people and, and I want us to not like move away from that in our heads, but, but as we come to the table, let us in our mind be thinking about how do we look to Jesus? How do we eat Jesus? How do we believe Jesus? What is there that's going on in our lives? What is it that the Holy Spirit is prompting in us even now and saying, this is who I am in your life? You know, Jesus sees you, whatever you're going through, whatever situation. And as we look to him, we can see him right there in our, in our presence, in our issues, in our problems, in our difficulties. He's there right with us. So have we got some music that we can play? Nice, nice music. I'm just gonna just pray and when I finish praying if we can just come just come to the table you come in to Jesus Jesus says come to me and you will never be hungry or thirsty again and we already have Jesus living within us we already have the spirit of the living God living in us like a well springing up and this and Jesus talks about as we, we we do this we do this in remembrance of what he's done for us what he that he is living in us and so let this revive something let fresh revelation come to us of what Jesus has done to us for us Father God, I just want to just thank you. I thank you, Father, for your love for us. I thank you, Father, that you sent your one and only Son into this world because of your love for us. That whoever comes to you and feeds, feasts on you, that we will have eternal life, that we will never be hungry or thirsty that we will be raised up on the last day to be with you and to know you even more. Lord God, as we come to this table now, I just pray for every single person here that by your spirit that you will just bring fresh revelation of who you are in them, 
what you are doing in them, how you are with them, how you sustain them, how you take care of them. That, Lord God, I just pray that right now, by the power and your presence of your Holy Spirit, that we will just know you more deeply, more intimately. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus.